are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Thank you so much for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G. And CLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also, get into some non baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping for all 70 of our patrons later today. Thank you so much for getting us to 70 if you subscribed. And uh, if you want to become patron number 71, visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that. On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, it's What If Wednesday. Today, we're going to ponder the question. What if the Mariners do sign Marcus Simeon this offseason? We'll talk about the fit and what kind of player the Mariners would be getting, what kind of statement that would mean for this team overall, and we'll talk about how to proceed from there if you do get him. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So Marcus Simeon. 31-year-old second baseman's also played some shortstop, but this year played 147 games at second base for the Toronto Blue Jays. He was worth 6.6 F4 this year, which was fourth in Major League Baseball, tied fourth with, uh, or tied for third, rather, with Bryce Harper and Juan Soto. He hit a career high in home runs with 45. He drove 102 runs and struck out just 20.2% of the time, 9.1% walk rate, slash 265, 334, 538. Signed a one-year deal with the Blue Jays. He'll be getting the qualifying offer from Toronto. Uh, It's more than likely that he is not going to be accepting that. He's going to be looking for a long-term deal that is going to pay him a healthy dose of money. Colby, what would your reaction be if the Mariners signed Marcus Simeon? And and again, this is something that we kind of expect to happen early on. So let's say that you know the World Series ends, maybe a week or two goes by, and the Mariners kick off the offseason in a huge, huge way. It's it's huge. It's you know it, it's acquiring the. You know, again, a great player who, you know, could still play shortstop if you wanted him to, but uh, he'll he'll settle mm-hmm. at second, maybe third even. Um, but it's huge because not only does it impact your ball club, not only does it make them significantly better, and it energizes your fan base, uh, and it kind of sends a statement to the rest of the league all in one move. So it, it would be uh, it would be tremendous mm-hmm. uh, to get that done. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, the, probably the most important thing is the quality of player you're getting. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, energizing the fan base is great, but it's already pretty energized right now. And and if you, you know, the mm. best way to energize any fan base is just to win. Um, so mm-hmm. you don't have to have a good off or a splashy off season. If you win, the fan base will be just fine. But uh, this one, mm. certainly that, that does factor in it. it. It's would be on a smaller scale, probably than the Robinson Cano uh, signing, which kind of, you know, woke up a pretty much dead Mariner fan base for at least a couple of days. And that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Simeon is, is, uh, is one of those guys that, uh, you know, that news comes across the ticker, probably being broken by Jeff Passan. Uh, that, uh, 
that would certainly be a, a fun day to be a part of, you know, Mariners fandom. Mm-hmm. So 131 WRC plus last year. Uh, the the thing with Simeon, however, though, is aside from 2021 and 2019, he's been average to slightly below average at the plate. Uh, finally figured things out defensively in 2018, really, was when he started to turn things around. He was known as a uh, you know, big error guy, had a lot of errors and a lot of that stuff early on, earlier on in his career, especially uh, earlier on in his tenure with Oakland. Uh, but He's really come around defensively, and uh, the last you know two out of the th- uh, out of the last three years, he's been uh, fan- just fantastic at the plate, MVP caliber type hitter. Uh, so obviously, you know, um, it, it all depends on how uh, you know how the rest of the offseason goes. But you know, if you're adding Semi into this lineup, what does that do for your lineup? And also, you know, where are you hitting him? Are you hitting him first? Are you hitting him second, third? Where would you like to see Simeon in this lineup? Yeah, Simeon is a guy who you can hit pretty much anywhere you want, one through nine. Um, mm. Obviously, you're not going to hit him nine, but uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. the bat itself, it lengthens the lineup. It pushes guys down further by at least one mm-hmm. spot. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can push Mitch Hanniger down so he's not hitting second, but he's hitting third or fourth. Um, mm-hmm. Probably should be hitting fifth. It pushes Ty France down or... Uh, maybe JP Crawford down. So uh, it just lengthens the lineup and makes it better from top to bottom. Uh, as for where I would hit him, it, it's for me, it's leadoff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think not enough people understand the, the value of the leadoff hitter as more than a, you know, slap slaps, the slaps the ball around. He's the guy who leads off the game and that that's his importance. And it, it's not, it's, Mm-hmm. The leadoff spot is the guy who gets the most at bats. Um, mm-hmm. You know, over the course of a season, it could be fifty to seventy-five extra at bats. And to me, I want my best guy to get those extra chances to win games. And so, I would hit Simeon first because I believe he's my best hitter. Um, you can hit mm-hmm. him second and and still be okay there if you have a strong leadoff guy. I really don't think Seattle does at the moment, so I would hit him. Lead- <clears throat> I would hit him leadoff. Mm-hmm. And he has some of those qualities that a you know a typical leadoff hitter would have. Like he he stole 15 bases this year in 16 attempts. He walks a lot, gets on base. You know he walked uh, double digit uh, at a double digit clip in 2020 and 2019. So he's going to get on base and he's going to be a threat on the base pass as well. Good base runner. He had a 4.0 BSR this uh, last year, or uh, sorry in 2021. And uh, yeah, he's just a damn good overall player um and the reason that we've kind of zeroed in on him for this whole episode is because we've heard rumblings of the mariners being very very interested in marcus simeon we've heard that he might be their top target heading into the offseason so this is a very real possibility ultimately it comes down to you know if the blue jays are going to be able to re-sign him i i like, do you think there are going like obviously there are going to be other teams that are interested, but do you think there's another threat other than the Blue Jays to the Mariners that stands out to you? Maybe a team like the uh, San Francisco Giants. Um, mm-hmm. Simeon is from the Bay Area. And he played with Oakland, and it, there's some thought that maybe he wants to go back to that area, that California. Um, mm-hmm. And the Giants certainly are a team that's willing to spend money, and and you know they don't 
they they don't need a shortstop, but they could use a second baseman, and and we'll see because mm-hmm. I think they're going to try hard to sign Bryant as well. So would they be willing to double dip on those two guys? I don't know, but they're coming off a 107 win season, and they're going to regress. I mean, there's there's really no doubt about yeah. that. So um, they're also going to have to sign Kevin Gossman potentially. You know, there, there's if they want to Alex Wood, they're going to Anthony yeah, Desclafani, Anthony Desc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, there, there's they they've given uh, Crawford a a uh, extension already too. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's one it's it could be it's not going to be Oakland. Okay, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I could see the Dodgers being involved here. Like sneak, like maybe they let Seager walk and then they just sign Simeon to play second base and Trey mm-hmm. Turner plays shortstop. I could see I could see the uh, Dodgers getting in this. Of course, the Dodgers can be involved in on anybody. So you kind of have to throw them in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like to me, it, it's, it's going to be Toronto, Seattle, San Francisco, or the Dodgers. I think it's going to be one of those four. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm handicapping it, I probably say Toronto is still probably the most likely landing spot for him. Uh, but I think Seattle's right there. Um, you know, if not at the, the, you know, the top of the list after Toronto, it's, it's in the top three or four. So it, they definitely have a shot to grab him. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about Simeon and you know what this would mean for this ball club, for the city of Seattle, um, you know, for this organization to make this kind of statement. We'll talk about the contract and and all those things in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Colby and I will be hosting a room once per week, so you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here on Locked On Mariners every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about Major League Baseball as a whole and so much more as well. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at Colby Patno to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. We can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Mariners, so we'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. So, Colby, what do you think Marcus Simeon is going to get on this market coming off of a career year? Yeah, it's tough to say. A little bit older, uh, but he's been an incredibly durable player. He's only missed 10 Mm -hmm. games in the last four years combined. Um, Yeah. He, like you said, he's a plus defender at second who's pretty good at shortstop, too, um, if you need him there. So, yeah, he's going to be 31. Like you said, he's coming off of a career year. Um, well, he might have been a little better in 2019, but career high in home sure, runs and all sure. that stuff. So, uh, mm. at 31, it's tough to see him getting more than five years. So, uh, I think he's going to get somewhere between four to five years and, and, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 23 to 28 AAV. So, mm. yeah, I think four at like 110 or, or five at, uh, you know, 140 is probably where he maxes out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that sounds about right now. You know, Jerry Depoto hasn't really given out a contract like that since he joined the Seattle Mariners as general manager. Obviously, dating back to his Angels days, he did hand out some some pretty heavy, hefty contracts. It's kind of more of an Artie Moreno thing, but. Um, you know, now he, he has money to play with in Seattle for the first time, really, um, at least presumably he said that ownership has given them the okay to upgrade the, the payroll pretty significantly, uh, this off season. Um, so, you know, what would you put the likelihood at them, you know, at Jerry DePoto and John Stanton, you know, being willing to give out a contract like that to one individual player this off season? I think it's nothing's ever likely uh, when we talk about sure. players and contracts and all that stuff. It's, it's always more likely that, you know, something else happens, but I think it's reasonably high uh, considering the circumstances here. Uh, DePoto has, you mm-hmm. know, made it pretty clear. He doesn't like giving out those big mega contracts. He was not the guy who signed Pujols. That was his owner. Um, his owner actually negotiated the contract with, with, I believe it was Scott Boris and told DePoto, Oh, by the way, we signed this guy. So Jerry wasn't even really involved in that. Um, yeah, but I think there's a few differences here. Number one, you know, Simeon is still athletic and he still can play up the middle where somebody like Pujols was a corner guy who was declining quickly. Um, Mm. And I, I don't think that he's going to, I don't think Simeon's going to get 10 years and I don't really see Jerry ever giving any, any player a 10 year contract. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things like when we talk about, Oh, well, why not just go sign Correa? And it's like, well, do you want to give Correa nine years, $300 million, 10 years, $330 million? Cause that's probably what he's going to get. And I don't think Jerry's going to want to do that. I think he's going to want to remain fairly flexible. So a shorter deal mm-hmm. for Simeon three, four, five years, I think is something that he would be willing to do. Um, and because their payroll is in such great shape right now, uh, I yeah. think that, uh, I mean, they don't even really have a lot of guys that they have to sign, you know, to arbitration coming up. It's a very young team. So um, I, I, I think, yeah, I think the likelihood is reasonable that they would give out a, a big contract, but I, I don't think they'll give out anything that we would consider a mega contract. Right, right. And that's what makes Simeon so appealing to me is that he's not going to command that at 31 years old. I just, I don't see him getting a, a mega deal, a 10 year deal. Um, I, I see him getting five, like we talked about earlier. Um, you know, that five, 140, um, you know, four, 110, et cetera. I think that's going to be that, that range for him. And that makes a ton of sense for him, especially, you know, I, I just, I don't feel super comfortable giving a Carlos Correa 10 years, nine years, eight years, whatever it may be, even though Correa is a great player. Um, you know, Simeon was better this year, though. Uh, so you might be getting a better player for less years, obviously a little bit older, but one that fits a, you know, directly fits a position of need, second base. It's pretty clear. Um, and is going to, you know, has played at a an MVP level um, in two of the last three seasons and just seems to be getting better and better. The the power that he's been able to add, um, you know, in 2019 and, and, and 2021 has been, um, you know, really impressive. You know, he's slugging at an incredible rate, 522 in 2019. That was his first time over a 500 slugging percentage, 538 this year, you know, and you add the, the defense, um, which is great and, and is 
been playing up uh, really well at second base. And then, um, you know, all the stuff that he can do on the base pass as well. He's just an all-around fantastic player. You want to add that guy if possible. And it seems like they've they've keyed in on him, and we'll see how it goes. But it seems, you know, the, the indication so far has been that he's probably going to make this decision pretty quick. And it seems like he's probably going to, um, you know, make a decision here before the CBA uh, expires on December 1st. You know, and all that stuff happens that might may or may not impact the offseason. But, you know, a lot of guys might follow suit. Um, you know, would you be surprised if Simeon is still on the market come December? No. Um, I just, I don't know how the market is going to react without the CBA, which mm-hmm. expires on December 1st. So, yeah. um I don't know how teams are going to act. I don't know how agents are going to act. I don't know if they're going to want to wait for the new CBA or if they're going to try and get things done or under the old CBA. It's it's just, it's so hard Mm -hmm. to know what's going to happen here that literally nothing in regards to how fast the free agent market moves is going to surprise me. It's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, how could it? (laughs) It, it, It's, we have no idea what's happening uh, behind the scenes on, it doesn't sound like they're close to a new CBA, but for all we know, they're finalizing it, you know, next week. So, uh, it just no, nothing would surprise me in terms of the schedule of when guys sign. But uh, I feel like if any of these guys are going to sign pretty quick, any of the shortstops, it's it's probably going to be Simeon. Yeah, it just seems like he's the likeliest to make a decision because it just it, it doesn't seem like he's going to entertain a lot of different teams. It seems like it's going to be pretty condensed to about four or five. You know, pretty probably the teams that you mentioned earlier with you know the Dodgers, the Giants, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and it still seems like uh, that the likeliest outcome here is that he just resigns in Toronto. They obviously have a great team in place. And, uh, you know, they probably could have done some damage had they gotten into the postseason here. Um, so, you know, uh, that that team is pretty close. And, I, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that they're probably a lot closer to a championship than the Mariners. So that's probably going to, you know, be taken into account here. But also there's the Giants that have great building blocks. And, of course, the Dodgers, who are, you know, the most talented team in baseball, uh, very clearly. So, um a lot of stiff competition here. You know, do you think the Mariners are going to have to overpay or not really overpay, but they're, you know, how much more do you think they're going to have to give Simeon to convince him to come to Seattle? Do you think it's a money thing at that point? We talked about in the past. I don't remember if it was on this show or on uh control the zone, but we've talked about how taxes work. Um, mm. In the state of Washington, yeah. there is no state income tax. Whereas in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, Ottawa, right? Ottawa, Ontario. Ottawa is a city it. in Ontario. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was I was educated in America. We don't learn about other countries. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they're they're quite high. Uh, so in if in terms of like real real money, real dollars, take home money for Simeon. It's actually the Blue Jays who would have to overpay by quite a bit to match the Mariners if right. they had offered like 25 million. I, we did the math. I don't remember what it was, um, but it was a lot. So yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe they might have to overpay a little bit here. Um, and that might come in giving him an extra year. So like, Hey, he's willing to sign with the blue Jays for four at one ten, but he says he'll sign with you right now. You give him five at, you know, one twenty five or whatever. Well, then you probably just do that. 
you probably just just you know yeah. swallow it and 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 uh, be happy that you got this great player. So might they have to overpay? Yes, but I don't think they're going to have to overpay by you know seventy million dollars like they reportedly did with Robinson Cano. Yeah, you don't think that they're going to exceed thirty million AAV here, right? With them, unless it's like a three-year contract, I, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that just uh, I I feel at that point maybe it's too much because that's going to uh, limit what you can do with the rest of the way, and that's what we're going to talk about in our next segment. But real quick, just want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180, and they only have four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and all the flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2020. 21 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Colby, since this is what if Wednesday, say the Mariners do sign Marcus Simeon, what do you where do you go from there? You got your star player now. What do you do the rest of the way? Do you shoot for the stars? Like what what else are you like? Does this change the the way that you pr- you plan the rest of your offseason, especially if you know, say you do sign him in mid November or whatever it may be, early on in the offseason before the winter meetings? How does this change your plan of attack, if at all? Uh, you, you kind of kind of has to, um, which is part of mm-hmm. the reason why I think the Mariners want to get this done early. Is they want to know how the rest of their offseason needs to look. Um, so if they can get Simeon done mm-hmm. early, well, then they can not necessarily go easier on the other bats, but there's less pressure to secure, you know, to pay the extra $5 million to get player Y over player Z, you know, um, because mm-hmm. Simeon yep. should cover a lot of that, that ground that you would need to make up. So, uh, it does change mm-hmm. things. Uh, I don't think Seattle's going to go out and sign two big players. Like I, I don't think they're going to go get Simeon and Bryant, right? I mean, it'd be cool if they did, right. but it just, it's not realistic. So I don't think, I, I really don't think they're going to go get, you know, Simeon and, and Story or Baez or whatever, right? So I, I think you secure, if you secure Simeon, then what you're looking to do is you're looking to patch holes. Okay. So there's our second baseman. What do we do at third base? Are we going to trust Toro there? Are we going to go get a veteran like Eduardo Escobar or are we going to go, maybe trade for a guy who's making 
some money, but not a lot of money so that we still have some flexibility to add to the pitching. Um, do we now need a left-handed bat because we replaced Seager with a right-handed bat? Do we need a left-handed hitting outfielder or a left-handed hitting catcher? I mean, so yeah, I, I think, you know, every, every move that's made is a card dealt in a hand of blackjack. Your odds change every single time a card gets dealt. So when you sign Simeon, mm-hmm. that's a really good card. I mean, that's a really good card to your advantage, but you still have to go out and you still have to make the proper moves for that to, to make sense because signing Simeon and saying done, you're going to win 80 games next year. I just, it's the reality of the situation. So you have to make moves, but what, again, what this does do is it says, okay, we have our star, we have our all-star now let's go make, you know, maybe some would say marginal upgrades around the offense and let's, let's call it good. Um, So let's go get, you know, Eduardo Escobar to play third. Toro's now the utility guy. So we just upgraded third base and utility um, and second base. Mm-hmm. And let's go get a catcher and call that good. Well, there's your three bats. And, and one of them is a true impact bat. And the other two are about average, maybe slightly above. Now you can go focus on pitching. So, yes, it does change because, you know, mm-hmm. every, every every single move changes the calculus of your offseason. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it has to. Now, there's a, a thing that they could do here that you and I have kind of joked about, or at least I've I've joked about with you for the most part, where, you know, you do have the resources to accomplish this. You would pay Marcus Simeon and then go use, you know, your prospect capital to go trade for another MVP caliber bat in Jose Ramirez, who's only making $12 million this year. like would you go for that would you try to hit a home run there with that or do you want to save those resources to go out and get yourself get yourself some pitching i mean i would prefer the pitcher but i mean who's the pitcher that's available that is as good or helps your team as much as jose ramirez would doesn't exist Mm -hmm. he's not available so um i mean it would be great if sandy alcantara was available but he's not going to be so um you know, that's, that's pretty much it. And you're, you're not going to get Max Scherzer for $12 million like you would Jose Ramirez. Right. So, um, yeah. So obviously, you know, if they do that, great. I don't think they would, but Hey, you know what? I'm not going to complain. I mean, how could you, they just they added a couple of, you yeah. know, five to seven win players. Um, and they're going to do it at like $40 million, uh, salary. So they should yeah. still have enough to go out and, and continue to add. So, yeah, one thing I, I just I don't want them to do is I want don't want them to to block themselves in by acquiring like two bigger name players and then saying done. Like if they give Simeon thirty, right. right? And then they're like, okay, let's go give Chris Bryant twenty eight now. And it's like, well, I mean, cool, but you know, your outfield still needs work, you still need pitching, you still need a catcher, and now you have, I don't know, fifteen million dollars to get that all done. Like, like that's just a guess. And you still but, gotta add pitching. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like I, there's an issue there. So I, we don't know how much salary they're going to uh, add uh, this winter, but mm. I mean, I think we've we've speculated that it'll be somewhere between they'll probably their opening day payroll will probably be somewhere in that one ten to one thirty range, somewhere in there. So mm-hmm. uh, you run out of money pretty quick if you go sign these two mega contract guys. So uh, I, I, that's the only thing I would like them to avoid. Yeah, I just. Uh... 
it's interesting because you know if it, if it becomes known that Cleveland is indeed shopping Jose Ramirez, which is still pretty much up in the air, but if you're able to get Simeon early on before the Ramirez market really you know starts to heat up there, um, I mean you got to at least throw your hat in the ring on that because mm-hmm. if you can add two MVP caliber bats for just forty million ish dollars and some prospects, which again. Look, the the you know we've talked about the Jose Ramirez trade a lot on here. Um, it's going to hurt from a po- from a prospect return uh, standpoint, but the the return on that is just it's so worth it because you know again you're you're adding potentially you know twelve to fourteen wins with just two guys and uh, and doing it without having to spend an exuberant amount of money. It's it's a it's a situation that it's it seems you know super unrealistic, but when you look at the resources that the Mariners have, you know it's if you squint a little bit, it it it, it makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's not this pipe dream where it's like okay, let's go trade you know for Mike Trout and go get Bryce Harper and blah 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 blah. You know, it's not one of those deals. It's like like there is a clear pathway where like this could happen. It's a very small chance, but like this makes sense. This makes sense. And again, if you're not going to be able to go out and get legitimate rotation changing pitching, which doesn't seem to be the case, like, you know, honestly, the, you know, because they're not going to be in on the Scherzers. They're, they're probably not going to give, you know, you know they're not going to pay for a career year of, uh, of Robbie Ray. They're not going to pay, you know, Carlos Redon a ton of money after his career year. They're not going to, you know, they're probably going to avoid Kevin Gossman. So you're looking at potentially adding Marcus Stroman as your best pitcher this offseason, you know, because it's not going to be all contra in the trade market. I mean, Jack Flaherty is maybe available, but he doesn't, I mean, there's some pretty severe injury concerns there. Um, you know, who, who else do you go after in the pitching market? You know, you don't want to overpay for Herman Marquez because the Rockies are probably going to ask for a ton. Marquez. Did I say the Rockies or the Yankees? I meant to say the Rockies if I said the Yankees. I think you said that. Anyway, uh okay. Anyway, so um, but yeah, like uh, you know, uh, Luis Castillo, maybe, I don't know, but the Reds are I don't I don't know if the Reds are selling or not. So you know, you're not going to get um you're not gonna get an ace this offseason. That's pretty clear. Like you're not gonna get that guy. So why not use your resources and get two MVP caliber bats? And obviously that's a lot easier said than done. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. So if you get Simeon, honestly, me personally, if I'm Jerry DePoto, I'm turning all my attention on getting Jose Ramirez. Because I think that's 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 a that's a game changing move right there like that's a like you're 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 knocking on the door of the Astros at that point and saying what's up you know like you're a legitimate divisional threat at that point and um you know and then you still have money to to use to to add elsewhere to still add some quality pitching to fill out the rest of your you know hopefully you add some you know maybe a bench piece um you know, maybe you get a right fielder to pair with with uh, Mitch Hanniger or a center fielder or 
you know, whatever it's going to be. And obviously there might be some holes if you have to trade major league talent for Ramirez, but yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly, uh, something to dream about here. And that's, you know, the whole point of what if Wednesday is to dream a little bit here and, uh, just talk about the what ifs, of course. Um, before we hop off here, Colby, anything you want to add? Um, nothing that we haven't really discussed. You know, it's it's one of those things where, yes, the Mariners can have a good offseason if they don't land Simeon. Um, so, yep. you know, it, it's – and by the way, guys, I don't want to be Debbie down here, but the overwhelming odds are that Seattle won't land Marcus Simeon. It's, it's you know – yeah. The overwhelming yeah. odds are that Seattle won't land any individual player. If, if you guys send us a player and you're like, hey, will the Mariners add this guy? Probably no. But could they? Yeah, of course <laughs> they could. But yeah. the answer is probably yeah, no. That's the way it works. So if you're, if you're trying yeah. to like, is it Seattle or the field, you would always bet on the field. So um, just keep that in mind. There are plenty of ways for Seattle to have a good offseason um, that don't involve them you know, acquiring Marcus Simeon. Uh, and uh, those are also the the ways that are probably most likely to happen. So I'll be rooting for yeah. it. I'll be watching for it, and hopefully Simeon signs with the Mariners. That would be incredible. But uh, you know, just gotta you just gotta be prepared for the uh, for the possibility, or maybe even the probability that Marcus Simeon is playing for Toronto or or San Francisco or Los Angeles next year. Um, and and you have to yeah. pivot, and you have to go on to Plan B. Yep. yep. But it's always fun to think about always fun to dream about and colby you mm-hmm. and i have talked ad nauseum about how you know we've gone over all these names and all these potential free agents and trade targets and all the stuff that they could possibly do and somehow jerry depoto is still going to find a way to surprise us and come up with a you know and acquire a, a player that you and i hadn't even thought of because that's just what he does <laughs> that's just what the mariners do and uh usually most of the time they're right so I'll put my faith in whatever Jerry DePoto ends up doing um, mm-hmm. this offseason. Should be a lot of fun. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Mariners. Thank you so much for joining us here. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free and available on all platforms, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.